Good morning. Welcome to Convocation on this special Wednesday morning where we celebrate the new year and a new semester. My name is Whitney Culp and I'm lucky enough to introduce our speaker this morning. But first, I have an announcement that there will be an announcement following um, the talk this morning. So please stay in your seats for that. Um, I'm a junior and I live in an amazing house called East Hall. Um, and a few weeks ago, we got to host the speaker this morning, the president, for dinner. And we had a great time, got some great quotes, some of which are still written on our bulletin board, and some great food, but most of all, a new friend. I'm happy to welcome him to the stage this morning, President Jim Brenneman. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's it's so good to have you back on campus. This place is kind of a haunted, uh, bleak midwinter uh, place without you here. Uh, welcome to 2007, Happy New Year, and to those who are leaving later for Cambodia, bon voyage, and we send our blessing with you and those who left earlier to the DR. Now, I don't know about you, but my uh, year in 2006 was absolutely amazing. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I picked up Time Magazine, and I looked on the cover, <laughs> and I was named Person of the Year for 2006, right there. And I looked, and there was my face, and I gasped, me? And there in black and white, it said, yes, you. You've been named Time Person of the Year for 2006. What's even more amazing, though, it says, that I control the information age. I mean, I can't eat, that's a really a miracle, I can't even program my cell phone. And there it says, I control the information age. It's an absolute amazing way to begin the year. Another thing, I don't know about you, but the year just seemed to go by like that, fast. Faster than a speeding bullet. Believe it or not, you and I racked up 595 million miles this past year without so much as a blip on our frequent flyer mile plans. I and you, the year went by so quickly, we traveled at the speeds of 700,000 miles per hour around the sun. And God willing, here we go again in 2007 on a ride of our lives on this pale blue planet we call Earth across a vast void of the universe. One more time around the sun. We're people in perpetual motion. Every waking, every sleeping moment of our lives. Where does the time go, we ask? Now, we we've learned that time is relative. Einstein taught us that with his clever and famous theory of relativity. He once said, the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen all at once. Einstein, of course, posited that time is relative to the speed we go and our body weight, which means if uh, I do lose the 10 pounds that I'm working on, does that mean I get younger or older? I'm, I'm not quite sure about that yet. But 
Intuitively, we all knew that time was relative, even without Einstein's great theory. One of the, we oftentimes say, time sure flies when you're having fun. And Einstein, when he was trying to describe it to a bunch of guys, said, well, if you sit with a pretty girl for an hour, it always seems like it's just a minute. That's relativity. And I imagine it works the other way, too, for the women. If you sit with a, a handsome dude for an hour, it may seem like only a minute. That's relativity. In the Bible, time is thought to be relative as well. Not so much to velocity or mass, but relative to God. It's as if God created time for us so that everything doesn't happen at once. Or as the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes puts it, God has put a sense of past and future into our minds. Whatever God does, he continues to write, endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. Tick-tock, God's clock, is, as the title of Stuart Brand's book says, the clock of the long now. And so our task, I think, given the fact that we're in perpetual motion, is to seize the moment, this particular moment, at the start of 2007. The turn of the new year given to us by the fates of history isn't for God's sake so much as for ours. Animals seem to instinctively know this truth. They sense the deep meaning of what it means to seize the moment. If you're a gazelle in Africa, for example, you wake up every morning knowing you must run faster than the lion or you'll end up on his dinner plate. If you're the lion in Africa, you wake up every morning knowing that you must run faster than the gazelle or you will starve. In a way, whether you're a gazelle or a lion, when the sun comes up, you better start running. Carpe diem, seize the day. For those of us privileged to know or willing to believe that time is relative to God's long now, one version of seizing the day is to slow down time, as it were, that is to enter into God's eternal now, by taking what St. John of the Cross called the exquisite risk to still our own house. Stop a moment. Even as the planet continues to spin at 750,000 miles an hour around the sun, stop a moment and listen to your life, says Frederick Buechner. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. He says, touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of life. Let us exquisitely risk declaring our intents and purposes for 2007. Let us listen to our own lives. Let us still our own house and resolve to do something instead of nothing.
to grab hold of the pendulum swinging toward justice, the pendulum swinging back toward grace, indeed toward God's infinite grace. You know what? In between the tick and the tock of God's long now, there are no trivial New Year's resolutions. It's our task to create chronologies. God doesn't need them. And we do so sometimes by arbitrarily setting a date and saying, here's where I'm going. So what if I don't always live up to them? I think studies say we only live up to about 8% of the ones we make. So what? Better dare to live an authentic life with all its failures from having tried and failed than simply, when the sun comes up, find yourself running desperately for dear life itself. I said there are no trivial resolutions. Well, that's probably an overstatement. There are some, like perhaps I resolve to gain 30 pounds and read less, to watch more television or procrastinate more. Except in the rare instances, such resolutions might, in fact, be daring risks to a more authentic life. And infinitely postponing decisions and risking nothing isn't really the way to go either. You know, I resolve to, uh, I resolve, or uh, I resolve to, uh, I resolve to, you know, uh, uh, to get my, uh, or, you know, that's not really a resolution either. So let's not go there. Some of you were gracious enough to listen to your lives over the break and sent me some notes about your resolutions. You resolved in 2007 to pray, to pray more, period. Others to pray for our leaders to make wise decisions. Some of you said you want to pray for safety for the soldiers on the battlefield, for civilians caught in the crossfires. Some of you resolved to study for every test. Are you listening to that? <laughs> Well, 8% of you will follow through on that. Uh, <laughs> some of you resolve to recycle as much as you can, to save more money, to give more generously, to lose weight, to complain less about the cafeteria food, to exercise more, to enjoy the gift of life, to extend peace, joy, and love to as many people as you can. Others of you resolve to go talk to someone you disagree with, to control your road rage, to visit someone at the Greencroft Retirement Center, to serve others around you, to eat more Wheaties, to learn Spanish, to support the basketball teams, to use more hand gestures when you speak, to be realistic. And then I don't know if this one is uh, one of those resolutions or not, that is not to make any resolutions. Timing is everything, though, on this. If not everything, then at least almost everything. The earth never stops to let us off, you see. It's almost like we have to build airplanes while they're flying in the air. Thankfully, Jesus serves as a model for living between the ticks and tocks of God's eternal time. He had a great sense of timing, you know. He was like the farmer who had the bumper sticker on his tractor that said, live like you'll die tomorrow, farm like you live forever. 
Jesus knew when to step forward and lead a crowd. He knew when to slip away unnoticed. He knew there were times to fast and times to feast. He knew there were times to protect his energy and times he must spend his reserves on needs for his followers. He knew when to resist and when to submit even to death, death on the cross. As we enter this new year, let's together seize the moment, grab hold of the pendulum, and swing it toward God's eternal now. Now is the acceptable time, says the Apostle Paul. Today, if you hear the voice of Christ, he says, listen to it. He goes on, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time. Tick-tock goes the clock of God's long eternal now. How will we respond in 2007? By pushing the snooze button? Or waking up to a whole new day? The exquisite risk and resolve is ours to make. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for creating time so that everything indeed doesn't happen all at once. Help us in this new year to redeem time for long-term, for long-term good and not for evil. May we listen to our lives and seize a moment here for feasting, a moment there for fasting, a moment here for resting, a moment there for resisting, a moment here for prayer, a moment there for action. Give us resolve to dare to live as Christ did. Pick us up when we falter, extend your grace when we fail, and keep us from harm, especially those students going to the DR in Cambodia. And grant us, above all, your salvation. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> On Monday, we have a remarkable array of programs in honor of Martin Luther King Day that uh, we'd like to put a special invitation uh, out again to all of you. For students, there are four activities uh, each of which is available for convocation credit. Student poetry reading at 9 o'clock, uh, convocation here in this space at 10 o'clock with the Voices in Harmony Choir and the Asante Theater Group from Indianapolis, a discussion time with um, alumni following the theater uh, program, uh, and then a film festival in the afternoon at 2 o'clock in Humble Center. The other thing that I would like to announce is that Monday morning, Goshen College hosts the Goshen Community uh, Martin Luther King Day prayer breakfast. And uh, generous donors from off campus have provided up to 24 seats for the prayer breakfast free of charge for students. So if you're a student who'd like to attend the prayer breakfast on Monday morning, um, please contact the Multicultural Affairs Office, uh, Odalette Nance's office, um, today or tomorrow, and um, you can uh, have a seat there uh, Monday morning. That's at 7.30. Thank you. <clears throat> 